the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I want to say, you know, what a wonderful time of year uh, to be with you. And of course, uh, I'm always looking forward to this particular time to celebrate these uh, amazing uh, holidays. Of course, um, in a couple of days, uh, we will be celebrating officially uh, the birth of our Lord. That's if you're celebrating it on December 25th. But if you're also celebrating it on the beginning of January on uh, the 6th, or the uh, slash the seventh of January, depending, of course, um, time zone wise. Uh, I want to also uh, tell you that this message is for you as well. And obviously, many of you know that I am a former Muslim myself from Saudi Arabia, and uh, I never celebrated Christmas. In fact, I've always looked at Christmas as a way to uh, denigrate a prophet that uh, we consider to be just a human being by the name of Jesus. Obviously, the Quran never called him Jesus, um, called him something different. Uh, Isa, that's his Arabic name in, in the Bible. His name is Yeshua or Yeshua, which is Yahweh's salvation. And you can see already the big difference between the Islamic name given to him or the biblical name given to him. But all that to say is that he was called the Messiah, obviously, in the Quran, and he is called the Messiah in the Bible, among many other titles. But when I came to Christ back in 2001, Christmas or the celebration of the birth of Christ took on a whole different meaning. And that's what I wanted to share with you today in the time that I have. And I pray that I'll be able to fit in most, if not all, of the points that I wanted to uh, share with you. If you're a believer, I want this message to be a message of encouragement to you. If you're a seeker, I'm hoping that this message will be a message of uh, uh, basically clarification uh, to you. And if you are, uh, someone who have rejected Christ or don't care, at least for Christmas. I hope that this will be a message of uh, interest, a message that will intrigue you, a message that will prompt you to search more about the meaning of Christmas. Now, uh, you know, you hear sometimes in songs and and in uh, you know movies and other things that there is this concept of like twelve days to Christmas, and I crafted a message the other day uh, where I called it twelve. Presents, uh, you know, uh, uh, related to Christmas that give us the meaning of Christmas. I'm hoping I can cover all 12 today, but even if I did not, at least you will get the gist of where I am going. Really, the, the main question that everyone must ask is this What is the meaning of Christmas to us and to the world? 
And the second central truth, uh, uh, basically, of Christmas story is this. The child of Christmas is God. Make no, no mistake about it. Now, I know this sounds troubling uh, to many people who reject Christ being God incarnate. But truly, that's what the scripture teaches. That's what we believe in. And God is able to do all things. In fact, Christ himself told the apostle, what is impossible for man is possible for God. And we believe in a God who is an all-able, an omnipotent God that can do all things. Now, here is the thing that I wanted to start with. Present number one. I'm, I'm talking about a present. Think about a tree right now. Think about a tree. And under the tree, there are going to be presents. And above the tree, there's going to be a star. So I'm going to start just with some primers here. First, the Christmas or the meaning of Christmas, meaning uh, that there were prophecies that have been fulfilled. About who? About the coming of the Messiah. About the coming of God to be among his people. The first coming of Christ. I'll give you examples. Numbers chapter 24, verse 17 told us, that he will be coming from the line of Jacob, a descendant of Jacob. Matthew, in the opening of his gospel, in chapter 1, made it very clear that Jesus Christ is the son of David, the son of Abraham. Right there, we can see that he's connected to Jacob already as a fulfillment of that prophecy. And of course, the covenant with David himself in Genesis chapter 12, repeated in Genesis 15, reiterated in Genesis 17, and over again and again, all of it indicate that the seed of the promise that will come from Abraham is no other than our Lord Jesus Christ. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, by the way, a prophecy indicated that this Messiah is going to be a branch a branch from the line of Jesse. Who's Jesse? The father of David. So Jesus is the descendant of David. He's going to be the branch of, uh, you know, from the line of Jesse. And that was fulfilled, of course, in the coming of Christ. And believe it or not, the idea that he's the branch is connected to his title, Nazarene, because Nazar, basically in Hebrew, uh, is indication of a branch also, or of a uh, you know, something that is uh, stumped and uh, basically sticking out. So Jesus is, uh, the Nazarene, I should say, is a descendant of David through his father, Jesse. Then you have the prophecy in Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6, that says he would be David's kingly heir, and that's indeed who he is. In fact, that's what the angel told Mary in the account of Luke about his birth and his coming, that he will sit on the throne of his father, David, right there. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 is an amazing prophecy specifically indicating that Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah, not just any Bethlehem, a specific Bethlehem. And that's exactly what happened when the census, the Roman census, forced both uh, Joseph, the husband of Mary and Mary to, uh, to go as she was pregnant for the census purposes to Bethlehem. And she gave birth to the child over there. And then Isaiah 7, 14 is another amazing one prophesying that a virgin will be found with a child. And Matthew captured that by the power of the Holy Spirit 
to reiterate that Jesus fulfilled that and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I can go on and on and on with so many prophecies like this. So the first present, the first gift that we get that gives us meaning of Christmas, it is a fulfillment of prophecies. And this means that we can trust in the God who made these prophecies about future and fulfilled those prophecies. And that means that Other prophecies about his second coming are to be believed as well. The second gift or the second present that can give us a meaning for Christmas is that God entered into the world. What an amazing and magnificent thing. The God of the universe entered into the world. Look what John in his gospel, in the opening of his gospel, how he marveled about this. In John starting uh, John 1, starting from verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's the amazing thing. And here we see the two members of the Trinity already. You know, one in essence, that meaning they're God, but you have the Father and you have the Son as well. And then he proceeded to say that he, the Word, who is God, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Right there, you can see that he's the maker of all things. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And that's another important thing about our Lord, is that he's the giver of life. And he is also the giver of eternal life for those who follow him. In John chapter 5, he says that if you believe in him, you have just crossed from death to life. From death, meaning dead in your trespasses, dead in your sin, to life, meaning to eternal life. Even if the body dies, we know we have eternal life and there is a glorified body that is awaiting us that we will have one day and will dwell with our Lord forever. But verse 14 is the most powerful one in the prologue of John, where it says, And the Word became flesh, mean took on the form of a human, like uh, Philippians 2 will say. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. To be honest, the, the literal translation is, And he tabernacled among us. He pitched his tent among us, which is a reflection to what happened back in the wilderness during the days of uh, uh, Moses, when they crossed the Red Sea and went into the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, uh, Basically, they uh, were commanded by God on the Mount Sinai to give them uh, or to build him a a tabernacle known as the uh, tent of meeting, meaning meeting between God and his people. And only the priests and the high priest and Moses are allowed to enter in there. Not everybody was able to do so, but it indicated the presence of God with them. And here Jesus is that presence of God among his people. And today we are that temple that uh, basically has the Holy Spirit in it. So that's an amazing gift. No one can really dream of having something like this, but Christ gave it to us. The uh, Christmas uh, basically gave it to us, indicating that this is a reminder for us that God entered our world. A third present, a third gift that gives us the meaning of Christmas is that God is showing us the way back to his presence. Jesus came to die, by the way. He came to die. He was born to die. Why? 
to die on the cross, to take away our sin, to impute upon us his righteousness, to allow us to be justified and to enter into the presence of God. In John chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, Jesus said the following, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's only through Christ, only through Christ that we can enter into heaven. We will be in the presence of God. And verse 7 says, if you had known me, Jesus is saying this, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. In Christ, we know God. In Christ, we see God. In Christ, we are going to be guaranteed to return to the presence of God. Why are we separated from the presence of God? Because of sin. When Adam and Eve sinned, and we read about this in Genesis 3, by violating the simple command that God has given him not to eat from the forbidden tree, but they violated that. They listened to Satan, believed the lies of Satan, who is the father of all lies and a murderer from the beginning, they listened to him and they violated God's command and they were banished out of God's presence. And now we can enter back into the presence of God because of the work of Christ. The fourth gift that Christmas gives to us or reminds us of is that God is making it now possible for man or mankind to reconcile with him who have peace with him, to basically batch it up, if you wish. You know, we are now back to having this harmony with each other, having fellowship with God again, just like God was having fellowship with Adam and Eve in the garden. And we read about this, for instance, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that uh, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden and he was calling at them, Adam, where are you? You know, uh, this is our time of fellowship. And of course, Adam and Eve were hiding as they should out of fear and shame because they have violated God's command. But we read about this also in Colossians chapter 1, starting from verse 15. Look what it says. He, meaning Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. Here, firstborn, by the way, doesn't mean he was created to be the firstborn. No, he's the firstborn in ranking, in his ranking. He is the top. He's the model that we are to follow. For all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things. Notice he is eternal, preceded creation of all things. And in him, all things hold together. He is the sustainer. He's also head of the body, the body, that's the church. And he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Notice now it's clarifying to you that he's the first to rise from the dead. And he's the prototype for us to give us assurance that we too will rise from the dead so that he himself might come to have first place. Notice it's telling you again, what is the firstborn mean? First place in everything. For it was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself. Having made peace, notice now this is the reconciliation through the blood of his cross. It's this peace that brought us back to the presence of the Lord, that reconciled us with God, that 
allowed us to re- uh, basically to have peace with him. Romans 5.1 tells us the same, that we have peace in uh, peace with God in Christ. And Romans 8.1 tells us that there is no more any condemnations for those who are in Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 to 20, it tells us that we are God's ambassadors, that he is making an appeal through us, be reconciled to God. What an amazing thing indeed. The fifth gift that gives us the meaning of Christmas, that clarifies to us what Christmas means, that a present that you can put under the tree, if you wish, is that God is saving sinners. God is saving sinners. We're not saving ourselves, by the way. He's the one who is saving us. So what does the scripture say about this? The scripture says in 1 Timothy 1.15 is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. To save sinners. That is amazing indeed. And who is this person? Who is this Christ Jesus? He's a unique person. He's our Savior. He's Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, let us look also at the next present, the next present here, which is that God is the one who made this ultimate sacrifice. His coming is the celebration of Christmas indicate that this coming had a purpose. This coming has a purpose. His birth right here on earth had a purpose, and that is to save us, of course. And obviously, Luke 19, verse 10 clarifies it. Jesus himself is saying this, for the Son of Man. By the way, Jesus is the Son of God and the Son of Man because he's 100% God in the flesh. He's 100% man. He's a descendant of humanity, but he also came from heaven as well. For the Son of Man is come, notice to do what? To seek and to save that which was lost. God takes the time to come after those who are lost and to seek after them and to save them if they're willing to accept his invitation and come back to his presence. Jesus himself stated this also in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 28, that even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as ransom for many. Ransom for many, the many, of course, those who are accepted him, who believed in him. Of course, I wish the whole world would do But Jesus knows that. God knows that not everybody is going to accept his gift. Look at the wickedness that the world that we're living in uh, has. They turn their back on God. They lie. They cheat. They steal. They don't care for the name of God. They want to take the name of God out of anything. This is the wickedness that we came from. And we were saved by the work of our Lord who came for a purpose to die for our sin, to seek after us and to save us. The seventh presence is that God's anointed one is the one who was born. God's chosen one is just not anyone. It's a special person, a special person. The son, the eternal son, agreed to come to earth to take on the form of humanity in the likeness of man to go all the way to the cross and to die for our sin. In Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 17, the Lord himself read this about himself from the scroll of Isaiah. 
The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? To everyone and to set the captives free. He came to set us free from bondage, to set us free from sin. And finally, man had that chance because work does not save. Religion does not save, but only the Savior can save. Only the Messiah, the anointed one, which by the way, the anointed one means the Messiah, is the one who can save us. And that's the amazing thing about this gift that God has given us as well. Now we move on to the um, next, basically, uh, presence here is that this coming of Christ brings joy to all men and to angels also. The angels are celebrating this. For instance, in the account of Luke, meaning the account of the birth of Christ according to Luke, in Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, we read this. And the angel said to the them, the shepherd, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That is amazing. The angel made this announcement. And of course, we ought to celebrate this. And it's amazing that he appeared to the shepherd who are shepherding basically lamb, sacrificial lambs. Later, of course, they'll discover that their job is over because Jesus is the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who is sacrificed once and for all. In other words, the shepherd who will be out of a job were the first to hear, and they celebrated and rejoiced for the coming of this Savior. And the angels themselves were celebrating that as well. Now, we look at the ninth presence. And that's the star. If you look at the tree and all the presents we stuck underneath the tree now, let us look at the star at the top. What does this star represent? It represents Christ, where the scripture in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, verse 17 says, He, this Savior, will be a star that would rise out of Jacob a star that would rise out of Jacob. And Jesus himself confirmed this in the book of Revelations, in Revelations twenty-two sixteen, 16, where he says the root, Jesus is the root of uh, basically David. He's the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Right there, Jesus confirmed all of that about himself. Let's look at the tree now. That's present or gift number 10, the tree itself. Sadly, for you and I, the tree looks so beautiful, but the tree that we're talking about is the tree that Jesus endured the crucifixion on it. The cross was made out of wood, made out of tree, and that is the tree. That's how the scripture scripture described the cross as a tree that Jesus took our shame and was cursed to be on it because he does not want us to be cursed. Uh, Peter uh, basically says this in 1 Peter 2.24, he says, He who his own self bear our sins in his own body on that tree, on the tree. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 23 says, First is the one who hangs on a tree. And yet Jesus found it to be amazing thing for him to do for all of us. What a sacrifice. What an amazing gift 
What an amazing grace for all of us. And now we have just two minutes left. Let me wrap it up with the last two gifts real quickly. The gift number 11 is that God's greatest presence to mankind is that he sent his son to die for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And the 12th and the last gift I want to give to you today is that it is it, Christmas represents God's greatest peace to mankind. And in Luke 2, verse 13 to 14, it says, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And these are the angels in heaven celebrating this for us here on earth. What an amazing thing indeed, folks. I hope that you found these 12 presents to be helpful. Share them with others as well. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, CIRA International. That is C as in Charlie, C-I-R-A International. Be sure also to catch us next week for updates on the ministry in 2023. And continue to pray for us, of course, for God's provisions for us and for our ministry. We're so thankful for you and your partnership. And we hope that you're enjoying all of the different shows that we've been sharing with you on this podcast. Once again, this is Al-Fadi, and I'm thankful for all of you, and uh, I wish you and yours a very blessed Christmas and soon New Year's celebration. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.